0: and welcome to Thursday's edition of the Kings of Anglia podcast. It always goes down smooth. The sun is shining outside Ipswich Town 1 again on Tuesday night and I'm joined by three kings today. Um, The boys with me today are the Dr Stuart Watson going clockwise on our video. Um, Stu, how are you? I wasn't prepared. My mute button (laughs) was on. I'm good, thank you. Excellent. Beneath you, in no means Any kind of indication in the rankings, but just technically on this video. Hutchie, the man like Hutch Hogan, Andy Warren, how are you? Two thumbs up. I'm all right. Excellent. Two thumbs fresh. Uh, And the final cog in our Kings of Anglia wheel on this bus that keeps on rolling. Roscoe wearing a lovely burgundy, his colour top.
1: This is my favourite hoodie of all my hoodies. Oh, my Adidas hoodies. Um, yeah, I made sure I was prepared. I unmuted myself before you even got to Hutchie because I knew I was going to do what Stu did. So um, you got to unmute yeah. yourself,
2: boy, ain't you? Unmute yourself. <laughs> it's going to be a very sad day for you, Ross, when, when the Adidas deal finally expires, isn't it? We might have to just we'll keep you in our thoughts on that day. How, so. uh, how many hoodies do you actually own, Roscoe? Uh, probably 12
0: that's very precise just for a random <laughs> <laughs> I'd say probably 12. Uh okay. The cool. 12
1: I like. There's a few others and I'm like I've sort of gone off them now so they're just in the cupboard just yeah they'll stay there. I may wear them one day but maybe give them away. We'll see. Maybe
0: they'll come back into the rotation. We shall see. Um boys, let's talk. First of all, obviously, we have to start with the win on Tuesday night, which is another good win, keeps the uh, the playoff chase rolling. Um but Clearly, there are more issues to talk about post-game. So let's have a quick recap of the game itself. 2-0 win, comfortable, Um, big praise from from, um, Appleton after the game, saying that Town are the best side in the division by some margin and goes on to say that they're going to play Rotherham and and other teams like that who won't cause them the same amount of problems that Town did. Um, But clearly, obviously, there's the injury thing we have to discuss at some point.
2: But game itself, Stewie, what did you make of it? Very good, Lincoln. A different type of team that Ipswich have played in in recent weeks. Ipswich have gone up to Morecambe and to Fleetwood, played on some really heavy pitches, played against some more physical, awkward opponents. Lincoln came to Portman Road off the back of a of a big win against Sheffield Wednesday. Were still not in you know clear of the relegation zone themselves, and they came here with a bit of confidence to try and play and take Ipswich on at their own game. And after a reasonably even start, Ipswich just went went through the gears and scored two really good goals, really well-worked goals straight off the training pitch. It's pretty obvious that um, Kieran McKenna has sort of... T- Penetration is a word he's used a lot since he's taken over. We know that the domination has, has been there of possession. We know that the, the clean sheets has been there, but adding that goal threat was the, the final piece of the jigsaw, and, and they're doing that now almost carbon copy goals, really, with players getting to the byline and cutting the ball back. And as soon as they went 2-0 up, I don't think I had any doubt at all that Ipswich were going to see it out. Lincoln's spirits looked crushed. Ipswich cruised to it in the end, and we'll come on to the second half in a minute, which kind of drifted away uh, for reasons which were not good. But um, in terms of a win, a performance, goals, uh, a very very good night, Um, unfortunately. It was slightly soured somewhat in the second half.
0: We'll come on to the the injuries in due course. It was, again, kind of a lovely thing to have that Town would tune up at half time, um, both from a fan's perspective and also from a journalist's perspective, because it meant I could get right on with everything that was uh, needed to be done for print with no real kind of fear that anything would change. Um the game. Ah, so you much...
2: fell into that trap a bit in the in the first half of the season, didn't you? I remember a few times you were getting right stuck into getting the, the back page written, it switched yeah. two nil up and uh, Paul Cook's men let you down a few times on that one. You had a hasty rewrite, but you don't you don't get that same danger with Akira McKenna side, do you? I, have, is... I, haven't, I haven't got that same that
0: same fear, that same peril with the McKenna side. I think two-nil up, obviously they're not going to concede. Bing bong bang. Jobs are good, and I was almost done by full time, which is tremendous. Hutchie, what did you make of it all? Not got anything really to add from from what, from Stuart's <laughs> review. Really, it
3: was you know, they they dominated the game. They got the job done, and, and they saw out the the issues that they had in the second half. The issues didn't come from Lincoln particularly. I think Christian Walton's hmm. real first piece of action came in stoppage time when when he had to keep uh, Anthony Scully out of the back back post. So um, yeah, just. Dominance, but but managed to manage to turn that dominance into into goals.
0: Give me some.
2: Ooh. sorry, it wasn't the same sort of. When we talk about dominance, I think there was a few moments in that first half where Andy and I kept checking the the possession stats, expecting it to be a lot higher than it was. I think it it was it wasn't far off 50-50 for long periods, and that's not what your eyes were telling you when you were watching it. It felt like Ipswich were in control of the game without maybe popping the ball around for long two, three, four-minute spells, but when they had the ball, it looked like they could cut through at will. And they, they, going back to that word penetration, some of, the, some of the moves which led to chances, you know, really sharp one-twos, Burns burning past his marker time and time again, a Luco exceptional in midfield, not expectational, which I tweeted on, on the night, <laughs> exceptional. Um, he was silky smooth, Burst and had a real sort of fire and edge about him. He looked like he was up for a scrap at, at any moment and was involved in, in both of the goals. So it wasn't the same sort of keeping the ball for ages dominance that we've seen from Ipswich, but they looked like they could they could cut through and score at any any moment, which was uh, the most impressive thing about it on the goals which were which were
0: nice um the second goal i just want to highlight mm. sam morsey because most people in that position would have, would have shot and scored but he he's, he had the vision to to pass um to uh, who was it Caden jackson yeah lots <laughs> um,
1: pass yeah what what vision
0: i mean obviously we, we, we spoke <laughs> we spoke a lot about what morsey brings to this side but that was something else entirely um Roscoe, from your privileged position pitch side what did you make of it all
1: echo what's due. and hutchy just said Excellent. really uh, <laughs> <laughs> Move on. Um, no, I was very much near where Kane Jackson scored. So I went when I saw Sam Moore, I thought, here go, two and two oh Oh no, no, he wanted an assist instead. Um <laughs> of course Kane, Kane Jackson then scored and two and two for him. Um yeah, as Stu said Sonia Luco was unreal. He's been a uh, an interesting character because the start he had was wasn't great, was it? But um man the match on Tuesday night, um standing ovation. The fans, you know, chanting, oh, Sonia Um he's been fantastic. He's showing why he is a former Premier League player. Some of his passing, some of his movement, um, some of his touches. Um, ten clean sheets under McKenna. Unbelievable. Um, good night all round. Good crowd. Um, three points in the bag. Mm. Someone,
0: of course, one of us uh, branded Sonia Luco the worst summer signing uh, with our exceptional insight into football. That might have been uh, might have been yours truly friends um there we go once again proving how much I know (laughs) to be fair to be fair to me no one was saying at the time no 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 he should be much higher he he did have
2: an absolute stinker (laughs) on his debut against Newport wasn't it in the cup but clearly he wasn't anywhere near fit enough at at that time which maybe led to a bit of an overreaction from from some I mean Reading fans I, I see them popping up on social media timelines absolutely amazed that Sonia Lucco is getting the praise he is because um, I've spoken to quite a few people at Reading and said he, he over a period he, he didn't really do it consistently but um, he's enjoying himself at the moment there was one turn I think people have clipped up on tight on the touchline right in front of the dugouts which was uh, oh chef's kiss that was uh, <laughs> outstanding stuff but before Ross just to take you back to when you said you were there for the um, the celebrations for the Jackson goal can you clear up? Was what was said between Jackson and Morsi? Were they sharing a bit of a joke about the uh, about the assist inverted commas?
1: My, my hearing isn't great, but even <laughs> it's it's not even good when there's loads of fans singing and chanting. So yeah, I don't think anybody, only Caden Jackson, Sam Water yeah. do I know what this was said. You'd,
3: you'd have done well to hear that conversation, but I've heard a. I've asked enough Ipswich players in post-match interviews about Sam Morsi needing to score goals, mainly because I've needed him to score goals to make some money in million-pound picks. And every single time, they all smile and they all have a little joke about, yeah, it's horrendous. They all have a little joke about his about his finishing. Sonia Luco did it again the other night. So uh, he gets himself in all the right positions, but um, I think it might be a little bit of a running joke within the squad about their captain's ability to actually put the ball. Into the back of the net. Did you have a little shake of your fist touchy when that? He lets he's... me down in every single game. <laughs> uh, obviously, last last week was was a, last Saturday was slightly different. But he's getting in all the positions, mm. um, and, and that he'll 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 score more goals for this club. I'm I'm sure of it. But that um that wasn't a very good effort on goal. Fortunately, it was it was right to the feet of an unmarked striker and onside striker.
0: It wasn't an yeah, just, effort,
3: just mate, as fast.
2: Fortunate. Yeah, just as fortunately, not only did it fall at Caden Jackson's feet, but I think it was the the guy that had sort of slid in to try and block the the cutback that probably was the one that paid him played him on side. So um a little bit of fortune there. But I think Ipswich um earned that fortune with with the way they played in that that first period.
0: Perfect segue there, Stewie. So two nil win, sold it away, very important. Get another one under the under the vest before this big run of games coming up, but the main talking point, unfortunately, after the game and going on uh, for the rest of the week, has been injuries. Um, Stuart, we did a video yesterday talking about this, and I was saying as I'm sitting peek behind the curtain, friends, um, the boys are obviously at the game on a, on a Tuesday night. I'm sitting at Heath Towers trying to do all the the print stuff that ensures we hit our, our fairly tight deadlines on 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 a, a game night. Uh, so I'm scrolling through Twitter, Stuart's feed second half i considered i'm following you stew because literally every other update was oh no someone else is limping now someone else has gone down and i thought this is not good um and clearly Edmondson and morsey headline names among them uh, steve wallace sent me a picture actually yesterday which kind of seems to show the moment that, that um edmonton's hurt his ankle mm. literally gone over on it um on someone else's boot like everyone's done that um apparently it's 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 a pretty bad injury, isn't it? They're talking about being very swollen. Still not sure um the extent of damage. Sure that's being assessed. But going forward, we're expecting certainly Edmondson and Morsey to miss the game on Saturday. I'm gonna to come to you, Hutchie, because me and Stu did a big video about this yesterday. I want to know your views. Um what do you make of the, the injury issues? Um and how would you expecting that Edmondson and Morsey are out, how would you replace them? Edmondson, I'd feel pretty confident in saying now won't play Morsey, I'd
3: I don't know. I'm I'm not sure that's I'm not sure that that's not in the same league I I would hope as as Edmondsons injury hearing it might just be a bit of a knock but hopefully we'll find out more about that from Kieran McKenna on Friday but yeah both big players um in in areas where there's not there's not really a natural replacement for either obviously Cameron Burgess positionally um comes into the team for Edmondson that's that's pretty clear clut, cut there's other injuries to discuss as well because obviously Luke Wolfenden mm-hmm. was hobbling so that all factors into this I'm sure we'll talk about all of those but M- Morsi we've we've talked about the absence of Sam Morsey for almost the entirety of 2022 it seems in varying different ways obviously he had his ban which, which kept him out for a long time and we've had long discussions about the options that town have got to replace him um and each time we had that chat, we came to the conclusion there is no there is no natural replacement for, for the captain in the middle of midfield. And with Lee Evans out as well. Um if he isn't around, um we're gonna be back in the scenario where where we're talking about probably Tyreek Backinson and Tom Carroll, which we've we've seen previously. I, I, I quite enjoyed watching Tyreek Backinson on Tuesday night. I thought that was his best game for Ipswich so far. Um, but obviously that was playing alongside. Alongside Morsi, him and Carroll is a very different, different dynamic. And it, just at the time when you're starting to feel like the real momentum is building towards mm. a, a serious playoff push, that the ultra consistencies that they have in the team and has been the foundation for for this form has just been rocked, just been rocked a little bit. So it's um, yeah, it's quite it's quite worrying, quite worrying. I would say.
2: Mm. If you want a silver lining on on the midfield situation, and maybe I'm clutching at straws a little bit here, is Tyreek Backinson's obviously been a little bit deeper with, with Morsi being the one driving towards the box. But maybe this kind of frees up Tyreek Backinson to get forward a little bit more. And from from what we've seen of him, he's very much capable of assists and goals. Um, and maybe, maybe he can be that one that, that arrives in the box a little bit later. I think he could... I think he could play that role. The, the bigger fear is, can someone adequately then do the the slightly deeper, the deeper role there? And Tom Carroll is not going to give you the same sort of grit. He's not the strongest, and stamina is probably a little question mark there as well. But if Ipswich keep the ball and pop the ball around, then you know if you've got the ball, you don't need to go winning it back all the time as well. So we'll see. Um, but there's no dressing it up. That was that was a deflating second half as the, the Ipswich Town players went down like flies. Is it is it
0: straightforward, Stewie, in the scenario that Edmonton and Morsi are missing? You, you just bring in Burgess for Edmondson, and you have um, Backington and, and Carroll in midfield. Is that just the straightforward way of approaching it? Any, any other kind of arguments to be made around that?
2: Um, <clears throat> I think from a minimal disruption point of view, I'd be trying to do as that because it, uh, you could start changing to a back four that I don't mm. you know, switch to a well-old machine. I'd be trying to keep things as... Regular as as possible, really. So yeah, that they were the they were the changes on Tuesday night, and I would I would anticipate that if it is just those two, that they'll, they'll be the changes on on Saturday. Um, Idris El Mazzouni is obviously someone that people will talk about. I found out yesterday that I think he's got a bit of an injury himself at the moment, an Achilles issue. So that kind of takes him out out of the equation as well. So um, yeah, I'd, I'd be surprised if it's just those two, which which we hope it is if it's not just just those kind of like for like changes hm mm. we, we we've spoken
0: before how much you like to have um selena in the team now going forward um in that scenario with, with morse out is there any argument for for dropping selena back into midfield like we've seen or, or would you prefer to have him playing further forward and um, happy with
3: I, I prefer him i prefer him in the more advanced role i think mm. i think but um that would be with backinson in the in the deeper in the yeah. deeper role, and Selena more advanced, Chaplin would come in then alongside Aluko, I would guess, and and you'd try and try and push on that way. No, um, I'm not. I, I mean, I'd be quite happy with that. That um, I, I, would, I would be quite happy with that. I, I think he would probably go Backenson and Carroll, but we we just don't know. But I'm not mm. um, not against that. I don't, I don't at all. think
2: Selena's game up at Fleetwood is. Some people have just gone well. The two goals came when Selina got moved further forward and obviously he's had a hand in another couple of goals at the weekend playing in that advanced role. And people then just go, well, that experiment didn't work. Don't bother with that again. I saw enough from Selina in that central midfield role at Fleetwood to, to think it's worth looking at again at some point, especially under these current circumstances where midfielders are short it gets you an extra attacking player on the pitch and he said you could then get chaplin in but equally you could you could get bigger or born on Norwood in if, if you wanted as as well um and he can and selina is capable of those defence splitting 40 yard ground passes and he wasn't far away from from sort of delivering one or two of those in fleetwood at fleetwood when he was in that deeper role so um it's certainly not something to do be dismissed out of hand for mm-hmm. sure
3: it gives you the dynamism as well we we talk about Carroll there it's it, Carroll Carroll will keep the ball for you he'll he'll recycle the ball and he'll move the ball around but if if you're happy with backinson to play that that deeper role um which he's obviously done to facilitate morsey um then there's certainly elements of selena's game that kind of mirror morsey's game they're not the same player and there are differences to their games of course there are but he's got he's got some of the kind of the forward thrust um attributes and if he had arrived onto that ball into the box I don't think it would have been mm-hmm. I don't think it would have been scuffed to uh scuffed to Caden Jackson but um I think there are ways that they can get they can get around that I, I would hope sincerely hope that Sam Morsi is going to be fit um but because I think he's been exceptional this year um and I'd struggle mm-hmm. I'd I struggle. Obviously, we only watched the Ipswich games and bits and pieces of other games, but I, I I struggle to believe there's been a more consistent midfield performer in the in the league, maybe outside of Barlas or at Rotherham um, at the start of this year. So, if they if they can kind of get over this one without it being too
2: disruptive, that would be a massive plus, I think. Can I throw one more option in the mix for central midfield, Sonia Luko, Sonia Luko? You know the way he played on Tuesday night. The way he can handle the ball and, you know, could dribble his way out of a telephone box—it's uh, it's an option as well, isn't it? If we're talking about Selena being able to to play there, then and and we want Selena to be in those more advanced roles. What what about Sonia Lucco? Just a thought.
0: I like that. I like that terminology, Stu. Dribble his way out of a telephone box—is that another Watsonism? How how does that work? No, I, I think that's I been think knocking around. Keep... In... Yeah. no, that's been knocking <laughs> about in football for quite some time. Tremendous. I like it. Um Rossi, I'm always I'm always slightly trepidatious about asking you about anything to do with team selection because you generally just sort of shrug and go, I don't care really. Um, but that's that's the most likely missing parts come Saturday. Certainly Edmondson um looks very unlikely to play. Morsi um obviously also has to be in that, that red zone area with an injury. But there were many other players who finished limping slash hobbling. Um so let's look now at the potential worst case scenario, shall we? Starting at the back. So Edmondson's out. What if Luke Wolfenden is out as well? How do you approach that?
1: Uh there's no other centre halves, is there? You know, Cameron Versus comes in for Emerson, but then there's no other centre halves. Um well you have you to can't... you have to you have to fill. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> uh of course, you know, the wild option is Alcam Baggett. You know, he's the one a lot of fans always talk about, you know, because he's got their millions of followers and all that and he's impressed. Mm. He's international for Indonesia um, do you give him a chance but Nan, you're chucking right into the deep end against Pompey uh, informed Pompey uh, you know playoff promotion team so that's a risk Backerson, do you drop him a bit back maybe um, it's, it's a hard one really I think that's maybe one of the things you don't look forward to when you get injuries like oh have we got options there and that's we've been lucky actually if you think under on, on McKenna we haven't had many injury problems you know before, it used to be Injury, Itrish Town Injury FC. Um But thankfully, the last months or so, we haven't really needed to have a little segment like this. We didn't need to worry about, oh, who's going to play here? Who's going to play there? Because we had a set team, a set, set back five. Mm. So, um yeah, I'm hoping Wolfie is fit. I think a lot of people are because, yeah, it's going to be a very weird looking back three without those two.
0: Without those two, then, what would you do just just to put it on record? You, you're, you're what, playing Burgess in the middle, are you? Or are you bringing yeah. Baggett in?
1: No, I think that's too soon for him. But then some people go, "When, when, when will it be ready for him?" Um, but maybe now nah, too soon for him. <sighs> mm, why not chuck him back us in Backerson there? I think he can probably play there. So Backerson in,
0: in the centre and Burgess on the left. Yeah. Okay. Hutchie, me and Stu have had a long conversation about this, but I want to know what you think. With done out and Emerson out as well, obviously a, a nightmare scenario. How would you tackle that particular conundrum? Backington
3: at centre half isn't for me. Um I'm not sure about that at all. And I don't think that would I don't think that would suit that would suit his game. Um in that worst case scenario, I'm getting to the point where I'm thinking about switching up the system, but then mm-hmm. I look at Portsmouth and and see that they that they play a similar similar system to Ipswich, so I don't think they're gonna be wanna be switching to back fours or anything like that for a game like this. Worst case scenario, you'd put for me, I'd put Burgess in the middle, um, and then I would tuck Dominic Thompson in as the left sided centre half, and go with um, go with Matt Penny as as the left wing back.
2: Yeah. I, I agree; that's that's what I would do as well. I think when we did that video yesterday, the challenge was worst case scenario with all of the players that picked up Knox being out, which which robbed me of Dominic Thompson as a as an option in that back three, and then I, mm. then I was really scratching around, which led me to Backinson um to drop in but yeah as long as Thompson's okay he, he's a left back playing left wing back I think he could comfortably play that that left-sided centre-back role couldn't he that's, Quite my, similar thoughts, to
1: that's my thoughts by the way on Land because I didn't know about Thompson I don't know if he's fit or not so
0: that's fair it. enough fair enough Rossi don't have to defend yourself Um final part of this worst case scenario If we're assuming that Thompson is fit, even though he was hobbling at the end, um, the final part, which would be truly nightmarish, hell of a vision if this comes to fruition. Wes Burns also being out. Clearly a talisman. Now 11 goals. He's going to end up usurping your boy, Macaulay Bond, as leading scorer before too long. Um, Stewie, if if Wes Burns is out, there's not too many options to replace him. There's one obvious one, I guess. But how would
2: you approach that? He'd be probably on on a par with Sam Morsey mm. in terms of being the biggest blow, and the mm. no one we talked about no one being a real natural successor to Sam Morsey and not having the same qualities. Exactly the same with with Wes Burns. Um, Kane Vincent Young is probably the closest stylistically in terms of being dynamic, take people on, get bums off seats, get to the byline, but obviously he's we've seen his sort of struggles to get back to being the player of old after after all those injuries but he'd be the, the sort of natural successor for me okay hutchy we know kieran McKenna's is not afraid to, to make big shouts and
0: and pull surprises and rabbits out of hats are there any wild card options do you think in any of this that you could you could suddenly see someone appearing from nowhere and going wow what's he done there incredible either playing people out of position uh, or bringing people kind of out of out of the wilderness uh
3: I, I, he's not in the wilderness he's been injured but if Mm. Kyle Edwards is is kind of close to a return like in that worst case scenario he he could play on the right side instead of Burns Mm. um I think we've probably been through all the wild card options if I'm completely honest so though that obviously Elkhorn Baggett I'd I'd put Albi Arm in in that conversation as well as a kind of a left-sided defender um possibly for places on the bench Um, because if certainly if you're without Edmondson and Burgess comes into the team and you've got concerns over Wolfenden and Thompson you're going to want to have a centre-back option of some description on the bench Um, so it wouldn't shock me if one of those two appeared there potentially Um, but I think in terms of starting so I think we've probably covered Covered all bases. I also think Sam Morsi could, could play in the center of defense in that central role. You'd be losing him from the team um, mm. in the midfield area. If he was, if he was a, he could play it. It wouldn't be something I'd be rushing to do. But if you, think... if you didn't have Wolfenden or, or, uh, or Edmondson and were feeling really short, I think you could go for that.
2: We've we've discussed loads of times, Andy, that Lee Evans would probably be the one yeah. of any of the midfielders. You'd, you'd drop back. He's got a bit of height. He's got a bit of physicality. I think he could win his fair share ahead as he could spray the ball out from the back. But again, he's not around. Um, right wing back, you know, for Burns, Danassian, I'd be talking about pushing him further forwards because his attacking game has come on leaps and bounds. But you need him in the centre of defence at the moment. So, yeah, for every solution, there's a there's a, there's a sort of a counter a counter thing that that happens really so there's yeah this this tests the squad mckenna mckenna trimmed for a reason in january he wanted smaller numbers to keep everybody happy to keep everybody involved um but for the first time we've we've just we're going to see a real test of that hmm. Hmm. where's toto and sialo when you need him
0: <laughs> <laughs> hutchy we um <clears throat> obviously injury wise we will be able to ask you, you'll be able to ask Kieran McKenna um, tomorrow, Friday, as a press conference this week, um, about that. How would you, clearly, as journalists and as fans, we want to know everything about injuries and, and who's fit and who's not and who's likely to miss out. Paul Cook famously didn't tell us anything and we lamented that frequently. Um, but putting yourself in, in McKenna's shoes, um, when you ask that question tomorrow, or someone asked that question tomorrow about injuries, I think I'd be inclined to to play my cards pretty close to my chest and not really reveal anything, especially the nature of the players that could be out big, big mm-hmm. players. Um, is that a, a route you'd go down? You just straight bat it.
3: I think I'd be, I'd be honest with supporters in as much as things that they've seen with their own eyes. I wouldn't try and kind of pretend they've not happened. I would be, I would, because, because we've seen that before as well. Like we, we, if George Edmondson we saw receive a lot of treatment and then try and come back on and immediately hit the deck again and need treatment Mm. I probably wouldn't try and kid supporters that everything was fine there but if someone had picked up a knock in training or something that that would never ever pass my lips unless it was specifically asked of me Um, and I would be let's use Sam Morsi as an example. I'd probably be a bit more vague on, um, on, on that. Yeah. We'll, we'll assess. There'll there'd be a lot from my mouth. There'd be a lot of, he'll be assessed in the morning. We'll, uh, he'll be assessed prior to kickoff. I'd put a lot yeah. of doubt in, uh, in
0: opposition, in opposition managers minds in, in public settings like that. I think late decision, etc. Um, okay. That's the injuries. That's a depressing conversation to have. Let's have an uplifting conversation now, Rossi. Um, Caden Jackson, we, we've spoken about him before on this podcast, coming back from the dead, the under, Undertaker-themed intro, all that sort of stuff. Um, he's gone from, from kind of coming from the wilderness and having one brilliant game to now he's come from the wilderness, he's had a great game, and now he's scoring consistently as well um, and starting as, as well. What I'm about to say is something that I never thought I'd say at the start of the season. Should Caden Jackson now be nailed on first choice starter for town?
1: Yeah, because he's leading the line, scoring goals, making runs, using his pace when he needs to. Um, I also like watching him when he's on the ball as well. Um, He's creating chances as well. Um, mm. Yeah, I thought his town career was dead and buried, like The Undertaker, um, the dead man, then, re- you know, rised again. And, uh, yeah, he's scoring the goals. I think he's probably proven a lot of town fans wrong. Um, I'm sure there's going to be still some town fans saying, no, don't like him, don't care what he does. But, yeah. Um, Fair play to him. Um, he's had to work, probably work really hard to get back into this team and he's um, found a manager that believes in him and he's leading that line. I'm not a big fan of him really playing up front on his own, but he's doing all right, scoring the goals. Um, fair play, KJ. Stu, it's staggering. It's, it's even a
0: conversation. It's, it's a reasonable conversation as well um, about, about Jackson. What, what do you make of his resurgence? What, what are you seeing in him since he's come back and, and should he now be first choice?
2: Well, he started five of the last six games, mm. scored three goals in those matches, two in the last two, outstanding against Burton. He talked about him playing a real specific role for the team in the in the draw at MK Dons when he first came back in, and, and they're using his strengths. They're hiding his weaknesses, they're using his strengths, uh, which McKenna does with with all of the players, and he's adding other bits to his game as confidence comes I'm He's back to goal players impressing me at the moment. There's been times where he's backing into defenders. He's using his strength a bit more. He looks he looks lean. He looks strong. He looks like he's he's clearly looked after himself in in the gym and made sure he's been been ready for this again. And um I'm really pleased for him because, you know, Ross said, I think a lot of people thought he was out the door. I think he thought he was out the door. I think the quote he gave to Andy was a I think I was going for the last three transfer windows it's probably been more than that in in reality so um it's it's a lesson to all footballers out there that just keep your head down and and you know weeks months or a long time in football and things can change quite drastically so he's um he's taken his chance and yeah i, I think there's no question at the moment that he, he has to be starting games mm. Hotchy, just by the way of rounding this off what what are you seeing from from caden
0: uh, in terms of his play now, Have, ha, is it different? What you're seeing now from what you've seen before? Is, or are they just using him better? Uh, I think. I, I think the big thing is he's got
3: a manager that that believes in him and wants to be playing with him. We, we talk about him not not being suitable for one up front in in previous Ipswich Town teams. He was not suitable to play mm. up front on his own because it was a team that didn't that didn't use him. There's very different ways of playing one striker up front, isn't there? You could play Ollie Hawkins up front and what was it? They said he's like a head on a stick at times. Like that's that's one up front. Caden Jackson's had to play in that team at some at some times when when balls were just being tossed around for him for him to chase and it just wasn't wasn't happening. They're using him they're using him properly. They're allowing him to get wide and attack the box, which is a big part a big part of his game. It's what he did a lot of at Accrington um, when he had such s- success there. Um, he's just being used properly, and he's got a manager that believes in him, who's made him feel feel ten feet tall. And and you can you can see that from him on the pitch. He's he's, he's getting in the right places at the right times inside the box as well. Like Stu says, he's 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 using the ball better um, in areas away from the goal. As well, um, and uh, I, I think we might be we might be seeing some signs of a player that's been well coached for for mm. a two and a half for two and a half months, and well coached by a manager who who wants to use that <clears throat> coaching to get him on the field rather than maybe just
2: putting him through shooting drills in mm. in training. How often did we talk about Ipswich looking a bit one-paced and predictable at times? And, and pace is such a valuable asset in football; you have to have. That in different areas of of the pitch. Wes Burns obviously provides it, but I think Jackson gives that balance of pace. He tends to do his his main running down down the left channel, and that just gives them, gives defences something to think about. It stretches the game. It means that, you know, teams can't take a really high line against you. So they have to drop deeper to deal with Jackson, which then just creates so much space for your technical players like Selena and Aluko to operate in. And, um, it's working really well at the moment.
3: It works in all areas of the pitch, doesn't it? Because it's like you've said, it's creating spaces for those players. But then Morsi's able to stride out of midfield, which then engages other defenders, and they just have they're just. It's, it's a pretty well-oiled machine, isn't it? It's mm-hmm. uh, it's um it's working in in a lot of areas of the pitch. Like Wes Burns on Tuesday night was playing noticeably higher up the pitch than um, we know he plays high up the pitch as a wing back anyway. But Tuesday night he was pinning the left back, who was meant to be a left wing back, but he pinned him back so much. They changed they had to change it at half time because Burns was causing them so much trouble. And by stretching the field that way and having him pinning defenders back, that again Dunassian's got space to come up and get involved. And midfielders have got room to move out out from the middle of the pitch and work. Is that they're they're kind of imposing their will on teams um by by with movement. Um, and I guess that's where McKenna's Sort of desire for his players never to stand still, never to walk um, is kind of coming into it. They're just making space for
2: each other to do their work. Yeah, they they're working out where the spaces are at certain times, and then a, a team then sits deep and camps on the edge of their box. And therefore, there's been games where people start to double up on Burns and limit the space in behind him. Okay, then one of the centre halves can start striding out with the ball and play. You know, we saw Wolfenden surging out from the back a couple of times on on uh, Tuesday night. So it's just. Yeah, I think he's he's given them the freedom to work out where the gaps are in games, and and who, whoever you are, wherever you are on the pitch, work out where the opposition are leaving the spaces and exploit it. It's great. It
3: requires some intelligence, doesn't it? You need intelligent football players to make to make that work, and it would. Um, it looks like Ipswich have got them.
0: It's all very uplifting, isn't it? And um, we still need a a nickname, official nickname for the back line as well, boys. Um, obviously, now ten clean sheets in fourteen games. I I proposed blue wall um on monday's pod uh, we've had a few suggestions so solid crew was one of them um i've got to remember who that was actually uh, and also the fridge and the freezers which i quite like um <clears throat> obviously the freezer may well be called interaction on, on saturday so we shall see any other suggestions friends get those in we know how much stuart watson loves nicknames and uh general americanisms in in sport. so so get involved friends right then friends let's move on from that game draw a line under that um, and who knows what will happen on Saturday. We'll come on to to Portsmouth in due course. Something else exciting um, on the news side of things, our our friends on the news desk are covering this story, but it's certainly worth mentioning on an Ipswich Town podcast because Ipswich Town have put in some planning applications into Ipswich Borough Council to upgrade Portman Road. Um, No surprise, uh, since day one, Mark Ashton has said we need to change various things at Portman Road, but this is actual hard evidence that they're going to do it. Um, So essentially what they've done, <clears throat> is it they have put these planning applications in, quote, to bring the ground up to the level required by Premier League clubs um, with the clear aspiration of the club owners to take the club back to the top tier of English football. So essentially what they're going to do as part of this, they're going to replace the pitch with a Deso pitch, um, a new sand-based Deso pitch, um, which is obviously the top-lining top, top lining pitches now. Um, it's kind, I think that's kind of an integrated pitch. Isn't it, boys? Put me, put me right on that. So it's it's got grass, but it's also got kind of man-made, um, natural fibres yeah. in there as well, isn't it? Which means yeah. um, it, it stands up to, to bad weather, etc., a lot better. Um, undersaw heating as well, obviously, um, <clears throat> and also you may have seen some some pictures during the rounds. They're going to re- um, replace the dugouts, make them look properly next level, space age, Premier League style dugouts with all those really comfy chairs, which looks tremendous, uh, and install excitingly a big screen. Um, in the in the south stand over the southeast corner, and in terms of timing, it sounds like the, the dugouts and the big screen are going to be first um, this summer, and then the pitch will be replaced next summer. Obviously, that's, that's a lot of work to do in one summer, so they have to have to push push the pitch back uh, a season because obviously they can only do it in the off season, and then all the uh, the technicalities and logistics around that. Hutchie, you've spoken to Mark Ashton along with with Stewie a lot. He said a lot about bring the, the stadium up to standard um and how kind of rundown it has has been and we need to take pride in our home um this is actual paper evidence that they're going to do it exciting stuff isn't it yep yep it's um long long
3: promised um i mean marcus evans has spoke for a long time about putting a big screen in and it it, it never happened um mm. but yeah no it's it, it's what they've said they're going to do in there and they're doing it they've worked through these projects kind of one one at a well, one or two at a time, and 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 getting them done. Um, I think there's some electronic advertising boards going in as part of that as well, which could all that along with a big screen can um, both kind of enhance a match day experience for mm. everyone going to the games, and also in enhance revenue for for the club, which obviously is important as well. The dugouts at Portman Road are really tiny, tired, tight areas, so. Um, they're going to look like they're sitting in kind of gaming chairs during yeah. uh, in going into games. Um, a lot of grounds cool. have those, don't they? Sure, so we we are we always get told off for trying to sit in them. They put covers on these seats. They're very other football clubs very very protective over these seats. Yeah. Um, if you're not a professional athlete and you try and sit in one of these seats, I think there's a, a fear that you might cause some real. Wheel damage. Too heavy. Am I too heavy for <laughs> for the gaming chairs? I don't. I don't know. But they are quite comfortable and um and they look great. They look great mm-hmm. as well. That area of that just needed a bit of a bit of love. It's it's a very tired part of the yeah. They're like the
2: ground. They're just they're the just standard sort of plastic seats that yeah. fans sit on that have got sort of bits chipped away from them, general wear and tear. Um, that yeah, that that badly needed modernising, didn't it? So um. Yeah, it's, it's exciting, isn't it? Um, it's a whole the, thing, yeah. isn't
0: it, about your surroundings, your work surroundings, kind of influencing the way you approach your job and, and, and you know, almost how you perform. Um, so bringing everything up to, to standard, particularly to Premier League level, that. In itself, then raises expectations, doesn't it? Which is, which is tremendous. um
2: it, I don't know what that says about us sitting in our spare bedrooms doing this. But <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, I was going to say, I mean, there's no mention in that planning application, boys, of any kind of improvements to the press facilities. I, I assume they're going to give you thrones up there, um befitting our king's title. Any, any, any. I assume they, that's they've already a-
3: made some. There's all. There's already some new lights up there. Oh, lovely! Um, which uh, the there were the, there's these kind of little lamps that are kind of on, on the desk um that i want to rip out with my bare hands at times and just bend them over they they're really they don't work half of them so they, mm. they have put some new some new lights up there which is quite good of of an evening but um maybe that's uh maybe that's a project for further down the line i quite like my lip noise. i quite like the press area Ipswich. it which it does
0: it does what it it does what it needs to do I think they will have to upgrade it though, won't they? If town do end up in the Premier League, I think there are certain stipulations in terms they of had conversations.
2: The, the year Ipswich were finished sixth in the playoffs and they were obviously mm. riding riding high in the second half of that season. I know they were frantically having conversations about boxes that needed to be ticked if they were to get to the Premier League. And um, yeah, the, the press room was just one of many things that would have needed to be broadened out and, and improved. So, um some, the two words "Premier League" still feels like uh, a long way off at the moment, but it's it's nice that the club have, have got such a uh, lofty ambitions.
0: Hundred uh, percent. And Roscoe, you're the man, obviously with the fans. I'd imagine there's quite a lot of excitement about this. I know that there are pictures being shared around of of the various um, kind of mock ups of how the the new bits might look. Um, good stuff, in it.
1: Yeah, just I know it's just little touches, but. Um... Yeah, the scoreboard is what a lot of well not scoreboard, the, the big screen is what a lot of fans have been wanting for a very long time. Every time they go to even like I think it was it Fleetwood have got like even Morecambe have got like a, a screen. Like those sort of clubs. I know they're more modern sort of stadiums now, but those even just small clubs have got big screens and Itcher Town don't have one. I know it's just a little touch. But um no, I think it's exciting. It's just something new for people to look at when they go to Portman Road. Definitely the Dug so I think that's a nice little touch.
3: Mm. I think we might have the only seats in the ground, potentially, Stu, where you might not be able to actually see that big screen um, <laughs> where it's where it's going. It's it's going between the south stand and the, and the cobalt stand over in that corner that looks um, looks kind of like a, it's a bit it, it looks like it's kind of derelict at time. There's no seats over there. It's just a corner. But they're going to have they have to put it at a um, a certain height to allow sort of vehicles to get in underneath it because if if they're still going to intend to have concerts inside portman road and even to get the pitch done next summer you're going to have to get something like heavy heavy machinery um onto the pitch um so it's gonna have to go underneath that screen so if you sit right at the back of the uh back of the west stand like we do you might not be able to see it under the roof but um
2: it's I not for need... us, is it? I mean, I, I remember going to football as a kid and it sounds really silly, but like looking up at big screens in awe. And that was like mm. a big part of the excitement of going to football and seeing a big screen and stuff like that. It just does give a different vibe to uh, to match day. So I'm I'm looking forward to that, mm. that getting installed.
3: Villa Parks was the first one I can... I can really, but seeing the Avila Park, which I, I, I'm sure they'll have changed it now, it's the chunkiest thing ever. Is absolutely massive, like chunky, blocky thing, which just constantly playing highlights over and over on it. I'd, I'd imagine they'll probably up upgrade some of the sound system inside Portman Road as well, if they're yeah. really going to make the most of playing some good stuff out on the um, on the on the video screens. Which I'm sure, as well, it, further down the track, they'll be some plans from the club to kind of
2: i think that will come they've said that it. that will have to be when the pitch gets renovated because that's when you can get the window to get all the cherry pickers in and and get up high into the but they're, they're they are well could aware do that this summer
3: i reckon because you because you you work the pitch anyway in the summer don't you you, you mm. you're not just they'll probably they they i imagine they'll probably still dig up and lay a new pitch as they do most most summers i reckon i reckon they can sort some new speakers mate
0: think i say in all this if we're doing it if we're going big, let's go big properly, or go home. Let's have the biggest screen that we can get. Let's do SoFi Stadium size screen, Hutchie. <laughs> let's get that massive circular, enveloping 3D, 4K, whatever it is. Whack one of them in there, um, boys. Let, let's 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 play a little fantasy upgrade to the stadium, Hutchie, You've got something to say. I'll, I think we should ask the
3: club if we can play the podcast out on the big screen before Absolutely,
0: matches. 100%. Yeah, that, that could only increase attendance at games, I'd imagine. Give us
3: a segment.
0: <laughs> but boys, uh, going back again, Stewie, indulge me here to American sport, particularly baseball. The stadiums are known for having these little kind of special, unique wrinkles built into them. Some places have... For example, swimming pools in the corner of the stadium, or a pirate ship that you can watch the game from, or yeah. a little restaurant. You know, that's literally just you, at, and you can sit there. What would you add to Portman Road as a unique wrinkle, <sighs> if you could? I'm thinking. I'm going first. I'm thinking little corner of the of the uh, of the stadium, an actual working farm.
2: <laughs> okay, It just it exists there. with a
0: with a little mini tractor, little small holding, some you know some goats, some sheep, lovely. Yeah. So for the kids as well. Um, and that'd be that'd be go to Portman Road, watch the football, and then go and pet a goat, maybe. Okay.
2: Um, yeah, I know what you mean. I th- yeah, I, I think is it L.A. Angels, the baseball team? I went there. Have they got Andy? You, they've got like the waterfall thing. I went and yep. watched the yep. game there many years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Andy and I, going off on a slight tangent, we were discussing that we could do some. We on. <laughs> To fill, it. as you can imagine, there's many hours travelled together, and the conversation yeah. can get a bit weird at times in in the car. But we, I don't know how we got onto this, but we talked about how long it would take to get to Fleetwood uh, via tractor, uh, and then we're, then explored whether we could then do that as some sort of charity thing. Uh, Andy said maybe we could ride a Suffolk Punch to a game at some stage. So tractors and Suffolk Punches have, have got to be involved in in this in this idea of yours. Um, Maybe like a giant robotic Suffolk punch that kind of rears on its back legs when when right. a goal goes in. Some shoots, fireworks go off as well. Shoots lasers
0: out of its eyes when Town score. Yeah. yeah, amazing. I like that. So it rears up, lasers, all that sort of business, just up your street, that Um Hutchie, what are you add into Portman Road is your own little. Unique- um,
3: I would completely redesign the tunnel area uh, of Portman Road into the shape of a tractor. <laughs> so it's it's absolutely massive tractor because so, there's a the security box there as well where they've got kind of like the match day announcers ah, up there during nice. the game. So they could sit in kind of the
2: that's like the, the cab of the tractor yeah. And but the then the players, players run out through out of
3: the wheels. Yeah, run out of kind of the engine grill out the front and then you <laughs> then you've got the capacity for like fireworks coming out of the tractor and um smoke and stuff um
2: what oh, about amazing. you know when sometimes they bring the ball onto the pitch via like a little remote control car? Can we get some sort of farming tractor themed version version of that? Maybe a small child could sort of drive it on. Yeah, I don't know you see if you they, saw they, that one at the rugby recently. Rugby league, yeah. yeah, but the, the
0: the girl who was driving didn't want to stop, did she? She just kind of. <laughs> <laughs> turned it into a game and was like eluding the players and all that kind of stuff. They're chasing after, can't get the ball. I liked it. And the, and the beauty of it is we're getting this new, <clears throat> beautiful Deso
3: pitch. So mm. having tractors driving on it is going to be no absolutely problem. no problem mm. whatsoever, is it? It'd be
0: fine. Ross, how about yourself? Uh, you can't just have a massive Ross special throne seat <laughs> for you, although that would definitely be a feature for people to see. Ross slightly elevated above everyone wearing a little crown. Um, what would you do, though, if you could add anything to Portman Road?
1: Now, the only one good thing about Stadium MK is they have a Papa John's in the stadium. Um, so I think <laughs> it'd be nice to have like a proper, you know, because food at Portland Road is pretty rubbish, to be honest. And food, you know, always comes back to me talking about food um, at football. Um, so maybe, yeah, maybe a, a restaurant, a, like a Nando's <laughs> built in uh, the stadium. Where would you put
3: it? Where are you putting it? In view of the, you'd need you'd need to be able to watch the game from there yeah. as well, wouldn't you?
1: Uh, you know, get get rid of you know the cobble stand or something. You know, get rid of a section of the cobble stand. A whole stand, restaurant. Um, stand so, restaurant. Sorry, 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 Matt, aka from you two down there. Um, maybe yeah, just a section. or so you know, it's somewhere we can put it.
0: Why don't you build yeah. in a like a, a a little thing behind the goal where you can literally sit entombed and eat your nandos just behind the goal. Yeah. You know, room for a family. Make it the, the Nando section. I do like though that we've gone we've gone working farm, we've gone um giant mechanised Suffolk punch firing lasers, Hutchie's gone giant tractor for the place to come out and Ross has gone Nando's. <laughs> do you know what
3: else I think would be good? You know, do you remember when David years and years ago David Blaine just sat in that
0: that clear, box that yeah, box works out well for him. him, didn't
3: it? Yeah. Yeah, that went, yeah, it went really well. But I thought could you construct some kind of like sky boxes where those boxes are just above the ground? Or like, so above the stadium, so sort of hanging at a very high level um, between the stands. Um, well, and
0: then you watch from
3: there. You watch from there, like like a bird. <laughs>
0: Bird's eye view, literally. Yeah. Have to was have that some... good or was that a terrible idea? Well, I think... I'm sure a lot of people would be up for that. I'm not sure I would be because I'm terrified of heights. But
2: I don't know if that's a good
0: view of a football match, though. Now I think about it a bit
3: more. What if hey, rubbish if idea! What if nature
2: calls go through the game, you just go, just, go. Back,
0: just open the back door. <laughs> There's a hatch. Pitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you have to pay five thousand pounds to sit there, but uh, if you need a week you have to just go out the out the back door, as it were. Okay. Um, Right then, friends, let us know what you would do to Portman Road in terms of uh, your own little wrinkles you would add. Before we move on to Portsmouth, Chewy, I want to do another aside because there are many things. I've missed a couple of shows recently with being off. I got to speak to Hutchie about Milan on Monday, which was great. Um, but you, my friend, since we last had a, ch- a chance to speak about this, have been at a red carpet London premiere, walking with the stars for a, a very, very popular TV show, Um do you want to tell us a bit about that? Because I think the fans, the people,
2: your public would like to know about it. Yeah, you've 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 probably had you've probably overhyped that slightly. But I did I did no. go to a world I did go to a world premiere in London. Um, I didn't <laughs> walk with the stars. Uh, didn't go on the actual red carpet. I went on sort of a fake bit of of red carpet where you can kind of replicate the images, but I was, I was very much with Joe public managed to get some tickets for, uh, people may be, may or may not be aware of a program called Outlander, which was, uh, it's got a bit of a cult following globally, uh, very big in America. It's on, on Amazon prime. It's now moved to another channel, uh, series six of that. Um, it was 97, 98% women in attendance. Um, the the male lead spends a lot of his time with it with his top off, and uh, I I was there, um, sexist with with my wife uh, while they while they screamed at him as he uh, <laughs> as he walked down the, the red carpet. But the, the best part of it was uh, they had the London Philharmonic Orchestra there that played the theme tune and then played live during the showing of of the program. So for me that that was really cool. But um, yeah, it was good fun. Well was it? it was a,
0: it was a a great venue wasn't it? Was it was the Royal Festival Hall or Royal Festival Hall yeah just near the uh, the London Eye by Waterloo. Fantastic. Uh so all in all not many people get to go to something like that so it's something you enjoyed I'd imagine.
2: No, I was uh I got the tickets on Valentine's Day and to use a football analogy I was I was 1-0 down heading into stoppage time on <laughs> Valentine's Day. I, I I hadn't put in a great deal of effort if I, if I'm honest Mark and uh my good wife had let let me know her disappointment, and um, these tickets were sort of first come, first served. And I was very, very lucky uh, to uh, to get them. I was quick on the draw, so uh, that was equivalent of scoring a couple of a couple of very late goals. That was the ninety nine. That's the league uh, final. That was that's the Aguero winning the Premier League
0: for Man City, mm-hmm. isn't it? At the moment and that is extraordinary work, my friend. Um, I've been married what now twelve, thirteen years. We don't bother with Valentine's Day. I'm, I'm past that now um very much into the next stage of the relationship but very impressive stuff Hutchy, what do you do for valentine's day just out of interest i bet you're like me aren't you what do you reckon nothing yeah nothing. correct roscoe obviously you buy a 19 foot teddy and fourteen thousand <laughs> flowers i'd imagine
1: you're still very much in that stage um luckily our anniversary sort of in decline so it's sort of like yeah we'll just do everything on that one together and yeah. does that mean uh at some point you made your move like on
3: Valentine's Day, then the ultimate Valentine's Day.
1: No, not
0: yet, they're no, not that move. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. No, but oh. you must, you must the have the initial. If the if initial... Your anniversary is around there, Ross, you must have made the initial, will you be my girlfriend sort of move around around Valentine's Day? 11th of Feb.
1: 11th of Feb. Um, yeah. can't kiss and tell, you know, gentleman never never tells. Uh, but yeah it happened near there and then cupid's arrow yeah. struck yeah boom
0: and you've, you've not uh how many days is it now you've gone without proposing
1: it's probably now been two three years so. wow
0: <laughs> when we started this podcast you were proposing pretty much every other day it was mental yeah. was <laughs> we were like, was you math. were like you were going away for a weekend we're like ross trying not to propose <laughs> this weekend anyway yeah. um from from romance and world premieres to the romance of a big game at Portman Road this weekend, friends. Pompey in form. Portsmouth are the visitors. Um, they've got their own issues actually going into this game. They're short of players as well, but they're very much in form. A game that Town really can't afford to lose, being as, as Portsmouth are behind them, but with games in hand. Stewie, set us up for this one. This is for me. If this was um, this was a a TV event, you'd have the Rocky montage playing before this you'd have town on the ropes from the start of the season being knocked around left right and center then they get a new coach he comes in suddenly town are just knocking folks left right and center themselves KOing people out of rings um and then at the end of march come these three massive end of level bosses we're talking what's his name from rocky four i must break you even drago ivan drago uh, and his pals they're all coming in now um so, how are you feeling about this one? This is going to be a massive game, is it? We say everything's massive. This is huge, mental. It's monumental.
2: A Portsmouth the Russians is that what we're saying? Here? <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm going. I'm not sure. I'm going there. No. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Let's uh, maybe leave that out of it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they're two two points behind, but with two games in hand, Portsmouth. This is uh, this is crunch time now for Ipswich, isn't it? Um, massive Oxford away, and then Plymouth at home to, to follow. This is. I think by the end of this month we'll we'll know whether it's it's on or whether it's off for Ipswich Mm. Town. And I know we've talked a lot about Ipswich having injuries and the, the test of the squad. Portsmouth have got something like 13 or 14 senior outfield players available at the moment. They've got injuries. They've got suspensions as well. Yes, they're in really good form. Six wins from their last seven, but they've had a lot of games at home. During that period and uh, they too have got a ridiculous run of fixtures now that's going to make or break them after Ipswich away this weekend, they go to Plymouth on Tuesday night Then they've got Wickham, Bolton, Rotherham as their three games after that. So they'll, they'll be in the exact same mindset of Ipswich at the moment. It's kind of now or never. So a massive game at, at Portman Road. Um, and for all the doom and gloom of, of the injuries that we've spoken about, there's still so much to be positive about with the way McKenna's setting this side up. He has got options to replace people. I do trust him to to find a formula to come up with this game. And 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 home form has been so strong for Ipswich. So I still think we can go into this with a great deal of optimism. Hachi, this is the game
0: you break out the Monsters, Inc. trainers, isn't it? If ever there's going to be a game. Or a stretch that we need we need some extra support (laughs) literally for your feet um this is the one isn't it i mean they.
3: i don't want to get back into trainer territory but they they have been uh they have been on my feet for the last two so it's up to you that's Um, a a good sign i'll see i'll see what i wear um yeah i'm looking forward to this one it's a it's a real tester of, of where they're at um she's just just mentioned their their form um that Portsmouth are in they're averaging three goals a game over those seven in terms of goals scored as well which is um coming up against a defense that doesn't concede it'll be interesting to see um obviously it's going to have maybe some different personnel in it but it'll be interesting to see how those two things kind of collide with each with each other um and there are some options in there for, for Portsmouth in in attack, like Tyler Walker, Ronan Curtis, George Hurst, O'Brien's in there, Michael Jacobs sounds like he's coming back. Harness is played anywhere from number 10 to right wing back um for, for them during that side. I think he might be time.
2: suspended, Harness. I don't know if he's he served. Well that's well that's but, good. If he he's, is he's he's out, but the rest of them that you've mentioned is um that's that's quite a quite an attacking array of options, isn't it? I think George Hurst has got Five in three scored a brace in his last two games. Um Walker we know from playing for Lincoln before, don't we? So and Curtis has always done done well against Ipswich from memory. So
0: yeah. Jacobs is an interesting one, isn't it? Because obviously there was the, the whole narrative with Jacobs and almost more well, pretty much being a town player and then being uh, sent back to Pompey so they could sign. Carl Edwards, he he's gone from being very much on the fringes at Pompey to being pretty much a a fan favourite talisman this season. I think I think like you say, he's been injured recently, hasn't he? And, and I, yeah. I saw Cowley saying this morning that he may be back on the grass Friday, so potentially this game comes a little bit too early. But that's that's a fascinating story. Yeah, um,
2: Joe Mo- Joe Morel as well, obviously, yeah. which um, yeah. very publicly courted and and uh, tried to sort of snatch from under Portsmouth's nose at the last minute, so. Subplots galore, we love the subplots.
0: Narrative, narrative, narrative. Rossi, how are the fa- how are the fans feeling? I bet your WhatsApp group is on fire, on fuego, isn't it, with chat about Pompey as well as the, the new seats at Portman Road?
1: It's, it's all about the seats this morning. Um, Pompey <laughs> is very much, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that on the weekend. Um, yeah. But no, yeah, Pompey are one of the big boys of League One, of course. Um, of course, we're Got that brilliant win against him at Fratton Park early in the season. Of course, Paul Cook's maybe one of very few games he did right for us. Um, but Pompey, yeah, as, as Stu said, they've got a... Uh, George Hurst, I've just looked, five goals in his last five games. Uh, no, three games, sorry. Um, so he's on fire at the moment. Um, so, and Pompey, they like to score goals in the last few games. 3-1 win, 4-0 win, 3-2 win, 3-3 three, three against Fleetwood. So, um yeah, if we have got those problems at the back, possibly my clean sheet's maybe gone. I'm sorry to say that. Um, but no, it should be a very entertaining game, hopefully. They've not
0: played the blue wall yet, mate. Don't you worry. Um, Hutchie, million pound picks before we get on to predictions. Um, where, where do we go? Where do we stand on Monday? Obviously, Morsi let you down badly. Hmm. Um, how are we doing and what are you doing on Saturday? Um, I lost all of them.
3: <laughs> However <laughs> I I feel like I won the bets in spirit. Um if it was a bookmaker I'd get my money back on the Joe Piggot one because he didn't mm-hmm. get on the pitch. Um I don't think I'm operating with a real bookmaker here, so I can't I can't really take that can't really take that back. So I did lose quite 250k on uh, oh. But I, I um did Bol- Bolton Bolton let me down in the uh, in the million pound cum- accumulator actually if that they drew if they'd won it, I'd have won a million quid. Uh so yeah, all gone Fine. all gone down the drain.
2: Missed Fine. Did we honour the, the non placed Sam Morsi goal bet, by the way? We yes, did, uh, I, officially, judge? I, I officially ruled that was
0: that was okay. a good bet because I you know, I made the the uh, analogy that it's like playing the lottery every Saturday. You don't have to tell everyone you're doing it.
3: Okay. I'd made it very clear it was going on every game.
0: Yeah. Uh, and I saw a couple of comments as well from the KOA Army saying, "Absolutely with Andy on that one." So Hutchie, I think you're now back to—is it now back just to the cool million? Yeah, yeah. Which is still back, pretty decent. I mean, back you... to where I started. I'm going big this weekend, though.
3: Yes, I'm, put quite, I'm putting quite a lot of money. I'm I'm going to spend half a million of that this
0: what? weekend. <laughs> what? Go big okay. or go home.
3: Yeah. Um, I'm going to go Morsi to score again. Right. Because because I'll kick myself if I don't. So that's what fifty k on that.
0: What if he doesn't play though? You just null, um,
3: null and voiding that. Null and void it. I think. Yeah. Um. The fifty and then four hundred and fifty thousand pounds on both teams to score in this game wow. would return is even money. Would return nine hundred
0: grand. Wow. So any any end end score in which both teams have scored, you're in the money. Yeah. And especially if Morsey scored. Fair yep. enough. Um, Hotchy, give us a prediction then. Obviously, you get, both sides are going to score. Nil <laughs> nil. <laughs> <laughs> covered all
3: covered all bases. Um, oh, maybe slightly against my better judgment, I'm going to say Ipswich Town two, Portsmouth one.
0: Right. When you had your, your very sensible and measured debate about the the running, was this a game that you had as a win, Hutchie? No, I've got it down as a draw on my little list in in front of me. I've
3: got that that and Oxford both as draws.
0: Draws. Okay. And you had
3: yeah. Fleetwood down as a draw as well, didn't you? Yeah, they're two. They're two points up on where on where where they needed to be to reach seven. This is to reach seventy-five points, which I think they'll need more than that. But mm. they're two. They're two points up on where where I had them at the moment. So
2: long may that continue.
0: Hotly optimistically saying two-one. Then, Stewie, what are you saying?
2: Just had to Google what I did. Did the sort of predictions for make or break March, and I feel like I should try and be consistent with this. I've just I feel quite optimistic going into this actually, um, even with, with the injuries, but I'll stick with, with what I originally predicted, uh, on these various things, which is a draw. I've got it down as one one, one one,
0: two one, one one. Roscoe, you've got the deciding vote. What are you saying?
1: I'm going to go for a lot of goals. Why not? Count to win three two. Loads of goals. In a Enjoy. thriller. Yeah. Thriller.
0: Uh I'm saying six four town, I reckon. Um six, I've actually four. seen i I've actually seen a six four in person, boys. It was amazing back in the day. Um Derby Chelsea, nineteen eighty-nine, ninety-one, ninety, something like that. Derby I've three, seen, one, I've, three one three one down. Six, four too. Yeah. Lots of goals. Crew. What game was that? Crew at home, yeah.
3: In two thousand must have been two thousand and four. Packed with long rangers long range goals, and
0: own goals, just packed in. Tremendous. Let's
3: hope I have, for. I haven't
2: seen a six four.
0: <laughs> okay, you're the odd one out. Um, let's hope for similar entertainment this weekend, then,
2: uh, friends.
0: Anything else to mention, boys, before we take our leave and get on with the day?
2: No. <clears throat> I think Mike Bacon uh, in his column has dubbed this League One's Super Saturday. There's some yep. other results to look, to look out for elsewhere. Bolton at home to Plymouth. MK versus Wigan, which doesn't really affect it. which if we're talking about maybe some of those teams higher up being further away, Sheffield Wednesday at home to Cambridge, Oxford are away to Shrewsbury, Sunderland v Crew, and Wickham v Rotherham. So, some other results to to look out for. I mentioned sort of Portsmouth results coming up; these next few weeks are uh, are big. I think for me, it's looking like seven seven teams into three. Mm. now ipswich being part of that from oxford down down to portsmouth um really looking forward to this it's just great that ipswich have got that we're able to have this conversation because it this season could very very easily have drifted away long before now but it hasn't they might finish short but um but we'll see they've got a chance but they might also win the playoffs and get promoted, Stu. And that's a lie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we're in it. Um, something else we're in, Roscoe, just by way of uh, a final mention this week for town-related stuff. The uh, the Tractor Girls, still in the FA Cup, and they're going to be live on the BBC, which is tremendous, on the red button, a week on Sunday, isn't it? At home to yeah. West Ham. Um, you did a Tractor Girls Talks out there now on the KOA channel if you want to listen to that. But what great news and what a boost for the girls to be playing on
1: national TV. On the Beeb, as um, people say, on the Beeb. Um, yes, anybody's sort of dreaming it to play football on the telly. Um, BBC down there, down on the Gold Star. They're going to have enough room for the cameras because um, it's a very small ground. But, um, yeah, I'm sure a lot of their families and themselves will save that that footage. Um, seeing the, the line-up graphics, seeing the little name mm. bars coming down, you know, talking about different players. Uh be very intrigued to see what hosts are going to come down to you know, host it and stuff. So, but uh, exciting times for the players and um, I'm sure they're looking forward to even more now because it's on telly. Did town get any little financial boost from that, you know, just out of interest? Probably. I mean, Probably. Yeah, so that, that'll come
0: in very useful as well, won't it? Fantastic. Yes. So that's something to look forward to as well. Next week, uh, a week on Sunday, Ipswich Town v. West Ham live on the BBC Red Button in the uh, the quarterfinals of the FA Cup for the women. Um, this weekend, of course, it's, it's Pompey at home for the men. Um, Just before we go, I have to do the usual shambolic outro. Remind you to support our sponsor, Manscaped. Use the code KOA at manscaped.com for 20% off uh, and free delivery on all that excellent stuff they've got there. Support us across all our social medias. That's uh, Kings of Anglia on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. And also leave us a five-star review on the iTunes charts um, because that helps us greatly in terms of visibility and people um, picking us up and coming along for the ride. As Town head inexorably towards winning the playoffs at Wembley and going up into the championship next season. That's what's going to happen. And we're going to take you with us. If you're going to the game this weekend, enjoy it, friends. If you're not, follow it with us. All the boys will be there. And we'll be back on Monday to break it all down. Have a great weekend and we'll speak to you then. From true crime to football, Brexit to football,
1: more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash archon.